Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. <laughs> That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. <laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and you can think of me as your friendly guide to the English language. We talk about writing, history, rules, and cool stuff. Today, we'll talk about words that started as trademarks, about how to actually write the phrase do's and don'ts, and eats, shoots, and leaves. One of our listeners was reading an article in The Atlantic about the history of the film and camera company Kodak. He was surprised to find that Kodaking was once used as a verb, meaning to take photographs. That got us thinking about other trademarked names that have been used so often for so long, they've practically become generic. So let's walk through some. We'll start our journey in the pharmacy aisle. First of all, we have Band-Aids. That's spelled with a capital B and capital A with a hyphen between the two words. Band-Aid is a Johnson & Johnson trademark for those sticky things you put on a cut. The name is so embedded in our vocabulary that it's hard to describe a Band-Aid without using that name. But give Johnson & Johnson credit. Back in 1920, they were the first to put adhesive tape and gauze together in one product. Before that, people would put a hunk of cotton on a wound, wrap a piece of cloth around it, and tie it off. Not very convenient. We also have chapstick and Vaseline. Chapstick is owned by GlaxoSmithKline, Vaseline by Unilever. If you wonder why these terms seem so generic, it's because they've been around since the late 1800s. Chapstick was invented by a Virginia pharmacist in the 1890s, Vaseline by a New York chemist in 1870. So we've been talking about these trademarks for around 130 years. Today, these terms seem so universal that we barely realize they're actually trademarks for lip balm and petroleum jelly, respectively. And just like Band-Aids are a brand of adhesive bandages, Q-tips are a type of cotton swab and Kleenex a type of tissue. Jumping over to the stationery aisle, let's pick up a Sharpie, some scotch tape, and an X-Acto knife. Or rather, a permanent marker, some clear tape, and a utility knife. We were surprised to learn that scotch tape is a trademark. Apparently back in 1930, an engineer at 3M invented the stuff. His idea was to create a moisture-proof seal for the cellophane food packaging starting to appear in stores. It also offered a way for folks to make some simple repairs at home, particularly important because this invention coincided with the advent of the Depression era in the United States. In fact, the tape may have been called scotch because at the time the word was slang for being thrifty. 
It was an allusion to the supposedly stingy people of Scotland. True or not, even today, scotch tape is often proudly packaged in a tartan design, the pattern traditionally worn by Scottish Highlanders. And by the way, two quick notes on X-Acto knives. First, the name is said in all caps. Second, X-Acto knives began their existence in 1917 as surgical scalpels. That didn't change until 1930, when a designer at the X-Acto company needed to crop some ads and grabbed a nearby scalpel. The idea was born to also sell utility knives, and the rest, as they say, is history. Now let's jump quickly to the kitchen aisle and point out a few words that you might think are generic but are really trademarks. Jello, that's J-E-L-L hyphen capital O, is Kraft's trademarked version of a gelatin dessert. Crock-Pot is a brand of slow cookers, Tupperware a brand of plastic containers, and Thermos is a type of container that keeps hot food hot and cold food cold. And Popsicle, believe it or not, is not a generic term. It's a brand owned by Unilever. Call them frozen treats if you want to speak generically. Now let's talk about the big question that writers and editors want to know. How should we handle these words in our writing? Here are a few rules. First, if you're writing about a specific brand, post-it notes, for example, treat the word exactly how the brand does. In this case, use a capital P, a little I, a capital N, and put a hyphen between post and it. Post-it notes. The exception to this rule is when a brand starts with a lowercase letter, like iPhone, and falls at the start of a sentence. If you follow the AP Stylebook, you'd capitalize the I. But if you follow the Chicago Manual of Style, you'd leave the I lowercase. Chicago's reasoning is that the capital P does the work of signifying that a new sentence is starting. Chicago does draw the line when the entire name of the product is lowercased, as with computer chip maker Intel. In that case, Chicago insists that the I be capitalized at the beginning of a sentence. Second, even if you're writing about a specific product, you don't have to include its trademark symbol. In other words, don't add a registered mark after Legos, a service mark after Walmart, or a trademark after Nike. Companies add these symbols to their packaging to announce to their competitors, hey, this name belongs to us, don't even think about using it. However, we regular people have no legal requirement to add these symbols when we're writing about a brand. Simply leave them off. Third, if you're not writing about a specific brand, try to use a generic term instead. Rather than saying you jumped into a jacuzzi, say you hopped into a hot tub. Rather than telling readers to bake mac and cheese in a Pyrex, suggest they use an oven-safe casserole dish. The exception to this rule would be if you're writing fiction or narrative nonfiction and want to use a specific brand for effect. You might want your detective to sip on Dr. Brown's root beer, for example, instead of just a soda, or wear a pair of Jimmy Choo's instead of just high heels. Long story short, many words we consider generic nouns are actually trademark names. If you don't believe me, print out this article, wad it up, and throw it in a dumpster. Because yes, you guessed it, dumpster is a trademarked word too. That segment was written by Samantha Enslin, who runs Dragonfly Editorial. You can find her at dragonflyeditorial.com or on Twitter as dragonflyedit. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. 
Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Remember the frustration of trying to memorize vocabulary and grammar rules only to find you couldn't actually use the language in real life? Well, there's a better way to learn. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program with millions of users learning 25 different languages, and you can get it on your desktop or as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with its intuitive process. It's really different. You pick up the language naturally, first with words, then the phrases, and then with sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Grammar Girl listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com grammar. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash grammar today. Here's a small problem we can address today. The spelling of the phrase do's and don'ts is inconsistent because that apostrophe in the word don't makes it tricky. Generally, you don't use apostrophes to make words or abbreviations plural. For example, you don't use an apostrophe in CDs, the plural of compact discs or certificates of deposit. You don't use an apostrophe in 1970s, all the years from 1970 to 1979. And you don't use an apostrophe in the word bagels, the plural of bagel. But English does have a few exceptions. For example, you can use apostrophes when they help eliminate confusion, which happens most often with single letters. Mind your P's and Q's is typically spelled with apostrophes after the letters P and Q. And we write that the word aardvark has three A's with an apostrophe after the letter A, not three A's without an apostrophe because that looks like the word as. And the phrase do's and don'ts is an especially unusual exception. The apostrophe in the contraction don't seems to make people want to use an apostrophe to make do plural. But then to be consistent, you'd also have to use an apostrophe to make don't plural, which becomes downright ugly because then the word don'ts has two apostrophes, D-O-N apostrophe T apostrophe S. Style guides and usage books don't agree on how to handle it. The Chicago Manual of Style and others recommend do's and don'ts with just the S added to the end of each word, no extra apostrophes. The Associated Press and others recommend do's and don'ts with an extra apostrophe in do's, D-O apostrophe S, and don'ts is just a word with an S on the end, D-O-N apostrophe T-S. 
And the book Eats, Shoots, and Leaves recommends the consistent but ugly form that uses as many apostrophes as possible, do's with an apostrophe before the S, and don'ts with an apostrophe before the S. I usually don't go to Eats, Shoots, and Leaves for style advice. It's a very cranky book, but I included it here just to show the range of the kind of advice that's out there. And okay, to be honest, because the recommendation is so weird. So here's my advice. Unless your editor wishes otherwise, if you write books, spell it do's and don'ts with just an S on the end of each word. And if you write for newspapers, magazines, or the web, spell it do's and don'ts with one apostrophe in each word. One to make do plural and one to make don't a contraction. And if you're writing for yourself, you can spell it any way you want. Just be consistent. Finally, I have a Familect story. Hi, Mignon. So I like that you figured out the schnoz. I thought immediately a Durante. I guess that's showing my age. I was born in the 50s. Uh, anyhow, mine is more of a Familect phrase than uh, a word. When we used to say the wrong thing, my dad would always say, you worded up your mixes instead of you mixed up your words. So uh, I still say that some. Times. And my mom also says that she heard like a, a herd of turtles. No, turd of hurdle. Love your show. Bye-bye. Thanks. Those are so funny, and I haven't heard them before. But there is actually a name for mixing up your words that way. They're called Spoonerisms and are named after Reverend William Archibald Spooner, who taught at New College in Oxford in the 1800s and early 1900s, and had a reputation for mixing up words like that. For example, instead of saying the Lord is a loving shepherd, he was reported to have said the Lord is a shoving leopard. <laughs> Thanks again for the call. If you want to call with the story of your familect, a word your family and only your family uses, you can leave a voicemail at 833214-GIRL, and I might play it on the show. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. Thanks to my audio engineer, Nathan Sims, and my editor, Adam Cecil. Our operations and editorial manager is Michelle Margulis, and our assistant manager is Emily Miller. Our marketing and publicity assistant is Davina Tomlin. That's all. Thanks for listening. Every Stearns & Foster mattress is handcrafted with the finest materials for irresistible comfort every single night. Now, save up to $800 on select adjustable mattress sets only at stearnsandfoster.com. Lesser savings may apply. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.